You got one more? Yeah, one more, come on! You got one, four, one, three more. Hello and welcome to Ear Seduction. I'm your host, Paul Schilling. This is the final episode of Season 1, and in this episode, I wanted to take some time to celebrate and really indulge in my good friend, the Minnesota Misanthrope. Now, what most of you probably don't understand is that he is the musical talent behind Ear Seduction. The songs that you hear are his, and I've been supporting him and his music for years. Now, I don't support him as much as I'd like to. Uh, he doesn't really make as much music as I'd like, uh, but... <laughs> I remember, uh, you know, back when we were in high school, I would take him to a place called Schmidt Music and we would go into the guitar room and he would play and I would just zone out and watch him play. He was always extraordinarily good uh, as a rhythm guitarist, uh, as a singer and a songwriter. Um, and today I think we should indulge in some of his glory. Now, this first track is called Cock in a Bottle. It's the title track of an album that he dropped a few years back called Cock in a Bottle. It's probably one of my favorite songs of his, and I remember hearing it for the first time and just being sort of blown away by it. It's also, as you'll recognize, my closing track for every episode so far of Ear Seduction. So let's indulge a little and listen in to the title track of the Minnesota Misanthropes album Cock in a Bottle.
Okay, so wow. What a display of mastery right there. I mean, it, I love this song because it really highlights most of his strengths. And it puts him out there a little bit because he's on the edge. And it even gives you just a hint into some of his weaknesses, right? I mean, he's vulnerable in this song and it's, it's obvious. But his supremacy on guitar at this point, he was really peaking when he wrote this album. And you can really tell his mastery has come full circle. Now, we're going to talk about his development a little bit as this episode progresses. We're going to get into some of his earlier music, but... Cock in a Bottle, that album was really the highlight of his music uh, as far as professionalism and as far as the as the sound quality. Um, I'm encouraging him to get back into the studio and write more and to rewrite old songs as much as he can remember them and to recreate and rework them. Um, and that's what this episode's about. It's an ode to the Minnesota misanthrope. This next song is off of Cock in a Bottle also. And if my... If my uh, <laughs> If my titles are correct, and I'm not sure that they are because most of these this music has been lost over the years and then had to be sort of recaptured and retitled, but this song is called Run and Get Them Paramedics. Always one of my favorite songs that he wrote. Um, let's listen in. Don't be afraid to say something. song. I love that song. So, one of the things Minnesota does better than anybody else I've heard is 
really captures sort of the dark underbelly of human emotion in his music. And I just love that lyric, the some of us just weren't meant to adjust to this world and let's not you and I ever try. It's, it's a, it's such a, it, he's just giving up hope. And he does it so blatantly and so it's so raw. And yet the the melody and the the way he delivers the song, uh, and then also the guitar, the soaring guitar behind it is it's it's such a hopeful riff, right? And he he plays all the guitar himself. Uh, he he really highlights his ability to sing in this song. Uh, uses uh, layering to make his voice sound more, um, you know, to give him more depth and also to add more harmony. And really, really a great, a well-produced song. Um, but just the, the the way he brings it all together, there really isn't much more melancholy than a hopeful guitar riff with just the undermining of all hope when he delivers the lyrics. One of my favorite things that musicians do is undermine a gorgeous chord progression with devastating lyrics. And Minnesota does that uh, very, very well. So this next song is a cover, um, originally played by Elbow. We were at a bar uh, quite a few years ago now uh, with a group of friends, and the Minnesota Misanthrope was with us. He was uh, in Denver from out of town for a wedding and uh, we threw him up on stage and asked him to perform and he did he played uh, probably four or five songs stumbling his way through a few of them uh, he got really nervous and he was pretty drunk we'd been drinking most of the evening and this was rather late but I think you'll I think you're, you're able to recognize sort of the power that he can capture in his delivery in in the force in which he he plays the guitar he's a he's a very muscular person and he really he really hammers on the strings when he strums the guitar and this song really highlights that he's also able to do pretty amazing things with his voice especially when you consider that this was on short notice and especially when you consider how nervous he was uh, you know here he is in a in a room full of drunk people at a small bar but you know it was fairly well populated and then you've got me screaming at him to play more music and so on and all of us talking in the background. And he's able to just settle in and deliver what I've always thought of as a really great rendition of this song. So let's listen in. Stuff is starting. Things are said Your self has started all oh my friends Brother Mary Pull the fire These were good friends These were mine Take one drink If I lost my head If it does not hurt We'll live here Started things are said. Stuff has started all my friends. 
Mother Mary, she pulled the fire. But these were friends and these were mine. If I take one drink, if I lost. And if it does not hurt, I wanna live here. That's it. Thanks. So, I mean, just imagine you're at a small bar, you're with your best friends in the whole world, friends you've had for 20 years, right? All, all the people that you spend time with as, as much as possible. Every week, every month passes by and your friendship grows stronger. And you're at the wedding party of one of them, one of those folks, right? And one of your best old friends back from grade school gets on stage and does that. Just It, it, it left me speechless back then. It kind of leaves me speechless now. But that's what the Minnesota Misanthrope is able to do when he really puts his mind to it. Now, as I said, that was a cover, uh, but he had played other songs, uh, two of which you've already heard, but he played them live, and he did quite well, although I think that his studio version of those songs was a little bit better, which is why I played them for you. They were a little bit more polished, uh, and he, of course, you know, he was nervous at the bar, so he, he didn't have uh, the advantages that he had in the studio. So this next song comes from a different era of the Minnesota Misanthropes music career. Uh, there was a time quite a while ago in his early 20s when he partnered up with another fella and they put together a couple of albums of what I can only describe as comedic songs. And I love songs that make me laugh. I love how musicians inject comedy into their music. I think there's only a few musicians that do this really well. And the Minnesota Misanthrope is one of them. Now, the following song is our opening song and the song that inspired the name of my podcast. Of course, I had to play it. And here it is in its entirety. Silhouetted by the sun 
lifestyle still a purpose illuminating in the highest function Take love to all of your offices and your seduction Your seduction Still one of my favorite songs of all time, and clearly what inspired me to call the podcast Ear Seduction. Uh, it's such a funny song, and it's he does it in such a way that you could really hear, you know, his juvenile sense of humor coming through. Um, now, he has a whole album of songs like this, not with the same style, but with the same comedic undertone. Um, in other words, his ability is much more than a serious guitarist and singer-songwriter. He also has the ability to write quite unique and complex humorous lyrics. This next song is, an, is a, a perfect example of his ability to write these lyrics. Now, as I said before, this older stuff he did with uh, another um, another artist. They put out this album, um, you know, years and years ago. Uh, it didn't have any kind of real, uh, you know, release. There wasn't like an album release party. They didn't tour or anything like that. But they did it for fun, you know. They did it for fun. And I like it because, as I said before, I support Minnesota's uh, music. But also because I recognize the quality and the talent. Now, what I'd really love for this podcast to do is generate enough interest in his music that he can start to write again and perform again and record again. Recording being the key. So, listen into this next song, and if you don't laugh by the end of this song, then I'm not really sure. I mean, it's hilarious. I'm not really sure what kind of person you are. <laughs> now, it's dark. It's a dark humor, but it is funny. So, listen in. She's finger fucking Sally. I found her in an alley. And from her manicure, I never felt so right. So, I threw her on my shoulder. picture maybe just like Bernie I could bring her back to life so I hatched a plan as she held my hand it was time for us to go see the sights started on the bus nobody bothered Taken. And we both know that there was no turning back to 
as you can hear, Minnesota didn't do the lead vocals on that song, but he was lead guitar and added some interesting uh, flavor to it as a backup. But you can hear the the development of the jokes in the lyrics. Uh, really hard to deliver jokes, too. I mean, it's not easy to make a joke about necrophilia. And I think this song is hilarious. I can't listen to it without laughing out loud. Now, maybe that's, you know, due to some of my nostalgia or you know, my bias for Minnesota's music. But try listening to this next song. I think you'll also hear sort of this juvenile humor uh, intermingled with uh, really tight and interesting guitar licks uh, with a really funny hook that gets really stuck in your head. I mean, try listening to this song and then not singing it to yourself on your way to work tomorrow. Listen in. A song uh, written to put you on the edge of your seat, to ride that edge of what's funny. 
to put you in, to get you to empathize with the storyteller and clearly just to make you laugh. Now, one of the things that Minnesota did as a younger man, uh, or one of the problems that he had as a younger man uh, in his songwriting was, is he couldn't always figure out how to end a song. And I think in that song, you can kind of see that on display. He often would write the first half of a song and then not really know how to end it and then just sort of end it like the way he did. It leaves us wondering uh, what might uh, you know a second or a third verse have in store. I know it left me wanting more, right? I wanted to hear more about this person and about their experience. Um, but there's no doubt that these early songs especially show a lot of promise, right? I mean, imagine if he had written three more verses for the three hooks that he put in that song. So he he went through the chorus three different times and you have to imagine that uh, initially or at some point he was trying to put in two more verses that he just didn't put or that he never that he never wrote. But God, I would have loved to hear those verses. This is why I want to encourage him to continue to write. This is why I love his music because I see so much potential in it. <laughs> now, just that little snippet makes me laugh every time I hear it and I can assume or I'm sure that you'll laugh. So, now that leads me to the next song, which was a real fun song. Uh, I don't know if this is a cover or not. I can't remember. Uh, but he was asked to play a song at a wedding, uh, a different wedding than the bar song, the song that he did at the bar that you heard earlier, a different wedding. And he went up on stage and sang this song along with a couple others. And this really was a fun song to have at a wedding. It gives you an idea of the kind of balls he has, first of all, and then also the kind of fun he likes to have at parties. Um, but this is the kind of music that you'd want at a wedding, at a party. And people were laughing. I mean, old people, young people, <laughs> uh, and everything in between really enjoyed this rendition and had a good time. So let's listen in. So come on, take off your bra now, baby, if you want to make sweet love. You got to take off your bra now, baby, if you want to make sweet love. Why is your bra still on now, baby? Don't you want to make sweet love? You got to take off your bra now, baby, if you want to make sweet love. Talking about love. Talking about love. Talking about love. Talking about some love. To wrap up his comedic performances, now he has others, but this is really uh, one of my favorites. And um, you can hear that he's not the lead, but he's he's again adding uh, the flavor, the backup vocals, and he's also the lead guitar. And this one's really catchy and really fun. And actually, and it is complete. It's uh, one of the ones that they did write to to uh, from beginning to end, and was put out on an album. Um, let's listen in. I hope you like it. Lose yourself. See a girl across the bar Wondering who she are It's like she's the only girl Friend changes everything, and I think 
girls are beautiful And girls are the beginning Girls always have the Everything we ever wanted to And know the girls with their best friends They do everything together So why don't you come get some of this? So obviously it's not the best sound quality, but you could, I mean, you could really hear the potential in it. And then you really have to laugh at the juvenile outlook and, and just the, you can, you can hear two early 20 somethings in that song and how they, they really are just trying to have a good time. It's hard not to have a good time with them, even if the song isn't perfect. So this next song uh, was one of the Minnesota misanthropes, uh, first attempts at a, a real professional sound and professional production. He had a guitarist, he had a bassist, and I think you can hear his voice the, very clearly. You can hear how intricate and interesting his guitar is in this riff. It, it, this really was when I realized, when I heard this album, this is really when I realized that he's a professional musician, uh, at least in his ability. He, he may not have pressed uh, that career he may not have toured and so on but but as far as his ability was concerned he was a professional musician just just listen to how much of a groove he gets into in this guitar riff uh, it's really fun to listen to it's a really fun guitar riff to watch him play and if you listen to the the way that it changes from the 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 beginning to the middle the bridge I think it's called <laughs> where it gets sort of light and airy um it, it just sort of pulls you along with it and you just sort of you just get kind of lost in it I, I love this song um he has two versions of this song one of them i think is a little overproduced it's got some weird sort of echoes and sound effects this is the raw this is the one that sounds a little bit more raw and this is the one i like the best uh please enjoy because this one uh is like i said one of his earlier recordings but really a gem Take me where you want me to go Whoa! 
he dropped that album that was this that was one of my favorite songs uh that i had heard up until that point um not just uh one of his, not just of his songs because his songs before then as you heard you know some of the earlier stuff was more of a joke it was sort of for fun and he was trying to be funny and you know he was just writing music uh, with a buddy of his but now this was his solo career starting and this really that i don't know the name of that song because i just it's called track two <laughs> on an unknown album right i don't know what these songs are called and uh i wish i did um but that song and the song i'm about to play for you next were two of the best songs i had heard up until this point um from him or really from any musician now you could argue that you know maybe the drummer wasn't as good as it could have been or the bassist or whatever but if you listen to the minnesota misanthrope you listen to the lyrics especially you listen to the guitar especially and you hear how well he's composing at this point. He's clearly the lead. He's clearly writing the music. He's writing and everybody's writing to him. You know, everybody's following his lead. He's got great time and he's able to compose music in such a way that you can you can see how he developed into Cock in a Bottle, right? Um, and you can see how he got there. Now, this was and is, in my opinion, probably in the top two or three of his songs all time. Now, the next song you're about to hear is just going to be mind-blowing. This also is one of my all-time favorite songs, and uh, I'll get into it more after the song, but let's listen in for now. Party 
So you can hear in that song him really be coming into his own as a professional. Um, you know, obviously, uh, it's, it's not the best recording it could be. It could be better, but a great rendition, an awesome groove. He harmonizes with himself that, that change up that he makes where he goes into the, you know, I might be come too far away. Like that put the first time he goes into it and the way he transitions, it just sends chills up my spine. I love that song. It was, as I said before, one of his first attempts at a real professional uh, songwriting. And, you know, he had a guitarist, a uh, backup. He, he had uh, a bassist and he had a drummer. Um, so he really brought together some talent to try and put out what was going to be, you know, his debut professional album. This wasn't a joke album. It wasn't for fun uh, like his previous album, um, his previous multiple albums where he was doing it in his garage with his roommates. Uh, this was really the Minnesota Missing giving it all and exercising his muscles at a professional level. Now, obviously, he never made it as a professional musician. Um, it's kind of funny. He and I had a discussion about this uh, many years back when he was lamenting the loss of one of his girlfriends. And he had said, you know, to me, oh, I'm a failed musician. And I thought to myself, and I said to him, I said, you're not a failed musician. You're a really good musician that didn't really push the limit. You went to college and you got a job. You, you built a career. And that career wasn't around music. Now, imagine, you know, if you had spent that time in college playing all over the country. Imagine if you had, uh, you know, entered competitions and put together a band and, and so on and so on and so on. Then after 10 years, right, you'd be a failed musician. He's not a failed musician. That's ridiculous. He's a fantastic musician that just has yet to be discovered. Um, this last song, uh, I want to end on, on, on one of his best performances, I think.
so of his first album, the songs on his first album, while there are a lot that I really like, or I should say his first professional album, uh, this was one that that always stuck with me. Um, you know, the electric guitar, just the wall of sound at the end, how it builds up. And the lyrics being so unforgiving, uh, it, it really, it, it really was a taste of what was to come as far as his development as a musician and something that I, uh, still listen to. I still love hearing. Uh, I know I said that that was going to be his last song and I thought about it maybe ending the podcast with that song, but I think I'll do one more.
And that's that's the last song we're going to play for tonight. Um, I just love that song. I had to put it in there. I knew I was going to, and then I thought I wouldn't because maybe the podcast was going to be a little bit too long, but... That's called Phantom. It's off of Cock in a Bottle. It's off of uh, his most recent album. And it, it just stretches his vocals to the limit. He's really put himself out on the edge there, trying to see how far he can push. And I think he pulls it off. I, I, I know that, uh, you know, I've criticized his vocals in the past uh, to him, uh, saying, you know, maybe you should consider harmonizing with yourself more or adding more layers. That one he put down just a single vocal track uh, for some of the more challenging parts. And, and I think he pulled it off. I, I've always been a fan of a singer that can bring sort of a gruff and, and guttural voice. And, and he can definitely do that. And, uh, you know, I, I'm eating my words. I told him I thought maybe he should, uh, you know, have other people sing with him and so on and so on. And I eat my words. I heard that song and I was like, yeah, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> But um, there it is. There is just some of the music uh, from the Minnesota Misanthrope. He is uh, going to be uh, showcased uh, often in the future on podcasts, my podcast, and uh, other shows that I'm putting together. Ah, and there it is, season one of Ear Seduction. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I certainly learned a, a lot about how to produce a podcast couple things for you guys to look forward to. Season 2 has much better mics, much better sound. Unfortunately, the Minnesota Misanthropes sound doesn't get much better. Um, he's in quite a few of the episodes, and so we'll, I'll do my best to produce those uh, so that, or, you know, to edit those so that uh, they're, they're easy to listen to for you guys. Uh, but we're going to be getting into all kinds of topics. So, Season two is going to be a collage, if you will, of anything and everything that comes to our minds to talk about. If I expand way out of what I thought I wanted to do with this show, uh, it, it, it goes all over the place. So stay tuned. Uh, look for that to drop soon. There you have it. That's episode, what is that, 16? Let's see. <laughs> That's episode 17 of the first season of Ear Seduction. Thank you so much for listening and be on the lookout for more content. Thank you. Shake your fist. Shake your fist.